two types of conditioned reflex and a pseudotype. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This reading by Carl Manchester, 2012. Two types of conditioned reflex and a pseudotype. Accepted for publication by Carl Murchison of the Editorial Board and received in the Editorial Office, June 4th, 1934. From the Biological Laboratories of Harvard University. B. F. Skinner, 1935. Society of Fellows, Harvard University. First published in Journal of General Psychology 12, pages 66 to 77. A conditioned reflex is said to be conditioned in the sense of being dependent for its existence or state upon the occurrence of a certain kind of event having to do with the presentation of a reinforcing stimulus. A definition that includes much more than this simple notion will probably not be applicable to all cases. At almost any significant level of analysis, a distinction must be made between at least two major types of conditioned reflex. These may be represented with examples in the following way, where S equals stimulus, R equals response, brackets S hyphen R, brackets equals reflex, right pointing arrow equals is followed by, and square brackets equals the strength of the enclosed reflex. Diagram Type 1. A. S subscript 0, lever, reflex, R subscript 0, pressing, which is followed by S subscript 1, food, reflex, R subscript 1, salivation, eating. B. S subscript 0, lever, reflex, R subscript 0, pressing, which is followed by S subscript 1, shock, reflex, R subscript 1, withdrawal, emotional change. Type 2, S prime subscript 0, light, reflex, R prime subscript 0, gamma, not important, which is followed by S prime subscript 1, Food, reflex, R prime subscript one, salivation, eating. In parallel, D, S prime subscript zero, light, reflex, R prime subscript zero, gamma, not important, which is followed by S prime subscript one, shock, reflex, R prime subscript one, flexion emotional change. The conditioned reflex is shown by a dashed line connecting S prime subscript 0 light and R prime subscript 1 salivation eating flexion emotional change. End diagram. Given such a sequence where the strength of S subscript 1 reflex R subscript 1 is approximately equal to nothing. Footnote. 
This expression specifies the presence of some amount of drive. Skinner, B.F. Drive and Reflex Strength, 1. Journal of General Psychology, 1932, 6. Pages 22 to 37. End footnote. Conditioning occurs as a change in the strength of S subscript 0 reflex R subscript 0. An increase in strength, positive conditioning, in A, and a decrease, negative conditioning, in B. Given the simultaneous or successive presentations of S prime subscript 0 and S prime subscript 1, where the strength of S prime subscript 1 reflex R prime subscript 1 is approximately nothing, Conditioning occurs as an increase in the strength of S prime subscript 0 reflex R prime subscript 1. Differences between the types are as follows. 1. In type 1, S subscript 0 is followed by R subscript 0 is followed by S subscript 1, where R subscript 0 necessarily intervenes between the stimuli. In type 2, S prime subscript 0 is followed by S prime subscript 1, where R prime subscript 0 is ignored. Footnote. For convenience, we shall omit the case of simultaneous stimuli in type 2. End footnote. In 1, R subscript 0 is important. It becomes the conditioned response. In 2, R prime subscript zero is irrelevant, except when it is relevant in another sense by conflicting with R prime subscript one, and may actually disappear. Since conditioning of the second type may take place even when S prime subscript one occurs after R prime subscript zero, paradigm two, example C, may be written for this case as follows: light dashed line r dashed line is followed by food dashed line salivation when it is identical with one but the result is not to reduce the two types to a single form both kinds of conditioning proceed simultaneously but separately if r is turning toward the light for example and if the food is withheld until turning takes place the strength of light reflex turning will increase according to one while the strength of light reflex salivation will increase according to two. The same result is obtained with negative conditioning. Example D gives, upon delaying S prime subscript one, light dashed line R dashed line leads to shock dashed line flexion etc where the strength of light conditioned reflex R will decrease according to 1, while the strength of light reflex flexion increases according to 2. In the special case in which R subscript 0 and R prime subscript 1 are of the same form, the two kinds can apparently not be separated. If, for example, some unconditioned salivation is supposed to be elicitable by a light, footnote, see difference 4 below for this general requirement in type 1, end footnote, we may substitute salivation for R to obtain light-salivation-R dashed line 
is followed by food reflex salivation 2. Both the strength of light reflex salivation 1 and light reflex salivation 2 will increase with apparently no possible distinction. This is a very special case and is also in no sense a reduction to a single type. 2. In 1, S subscript 0 reflex R subscript 0 occurs normally in the absence of S subscript 1 reflex R subscript 1 and its strength may be measured without interfering with the reinforcing action of S subscript 1. In 2, S prime subscript 1 must be withheld whenever a measurement of the strength of S prime subscript 0 reflex R prime subscript 1 the conditioned reflex is taken because S prime subscript 1 also evokes R prime subscript 1. Some amount of extinction necessarily ensues in the second case. 3. Since S prime subscript 1 must be withheld in measuring the strength of S prime subscript 0 reflex R prime subscript 1, R prime subscript 1 must be independent of any property of S prime subscript 1 not possessed by S prime subscript 0. In example C, salivation may become attached to the light as a conditioned response of type 2, but seizing, chewing and swallowing, which are also responses to S prime subscript 1, must not be included in the paradigm, since they require the presence of parts of S prime subscript 1 which cannot be supplied by S prime subscript 0. A special restriction on paradigm 2 is therefore necessary. Where S prime subscript 0 is of a very simple sort, a tone for example, the properties possessed in addition to S prime subscript 0 by S prime subscript 1 are practically equal to S prime subscript 1. And we may express the restriction in terms of a general distinction between two kinds of response. The first kind require no external point of reference in their elicitation or description. Typical examples are glandular activities, salivation, local muscular responses, flexion, wink, breathing movements, production of sounds, and facilitation and inhibition. Footnote. Where conditioned facilitation and inhibition are defined by substituting for R' prime subscript 1 in paradigm 2, the expressions increase strength of S double prime reflex R double prime and decrease strength of S double prime reflex R double prime respectively. End footnote. The second kind require points of reference for their elicitation or description which are not supplied by the organism itself but by the stimulus. Examples are orientation towards the source of a sound approaching a light, and touching, seizing, and manipulating objects, such as a lever or food. Our present rule is that responses of the second kind cannot be substituted for R' prime subscript 1 in paradigm 2 unless S' prime also supplies the required points of reference. 4. In type 1, the strength of S subscript 0 reflex R subscript 0 is approximately nothing before conditioning takes place. The reflex to be conditioned must be elicited at least once as an unconditioned investigatory reflex. In type 2, 
the strength of s prime subscript zero reflex r prime subscript one may begin at zero and usually does in type one the state of the reflex is conditioned by the occurrence of the reinforcing sequence but its existence is not a distinction between a conditioned and an unconditioned reflex is here less significant because all examples of the former have necessarily been examples of the latter there are no exclusively conditioned reflexes in this type since the strength of s prime subscript zero reflex r prime subscript one may begin at zero a new reflex may be created in conditioning of the second type and since practically any stimulus may be attached to r prime subscript one in paradigm two a very large number of new reflexes can thus be derived conditioning of type one on the other hand is not a device for increasing the repertory of reflexes r subscript zero continues to be elicited by the one stimulus with which it began there are three reflexes in paradigm two but only two in one five the significant change in type one may be either an increase or a decrease in strength in type two it is an increase only even when the strength of s prime subscript zero reflex r prime subscript one does not begin at zero in type one stimuli may be divided into two classes positively and negatively conditioning according to whether they produce an increase or decrease when used as reinforcement the distinction cannot be made in type two where a reflex may be negative in another sense a reflex of avoidance for example but where its strength only increases during conditioning six in type one the conditioned reflex s subscript zero reflex r subscript zero may be associated with any drive in type two the reflex s prime subscript zero reflex r prime subscript one is necessarily attached to the drive specified by r prime subscript one this point may require some comment in the present use of the term a drive is an inferred variable of which the strength of a group of reflexes is a function reference skinner bf drive and reflex strength one journal of general psychology 1932 6 pages 22 to 37 end reference hunger for example is a variable h a change in which is responsible for concurrent changes in the strength a of all unconditioned reflexes concerned with the ingestion of food b of all conditioned reflexes of either type in which the reinforcing stimulus is concerned with the ingestion of food and c to a much lesser extent of all investigatory reflexes in paradigm one example a lever reflex pressing is originally a function of h to some slight extent under c above after conditioning it varies with h according to b over a wide range probably equal to that of any unconditioned reflex under a conditioning of type one is really the becoming attached to a group of reflexes varying as a function of some drive this is a much more comprehensive description of the process than to define it as an increase in strength where the drive is assumed to remain constant at a significant value 
but the identity of H in the present case is determined only by our choice of a reinforcing reflex. Given S subscript 1 reflex R subscript 1 of another drive, say thirst, then S subscript 0 reflex R subscript 0 will become conditioned by attaching itself to the group varying with thirst and will not vary with H except to some slight extent under C. This is a characteristic wholly lacking in type 2. Here R prime is originally part of the unconditioned reflex and the drive to which it belongs is definitely fixed. 7. A minor difference is in the way in which the stimulus to be conditioned usually acts. In type 1, S subscript 0 is usually part of a larger field and R subscript 0 occurs as the result of the eventual potency of S subscript 0 over other stimuli. In type 2, S prime subscript 0 is usually suddenly presented to the organism. The significance of this difference, which is not absolute, will appear later. We shall now consider a third type of relation, which involves a discrimination. It may be based upon a conditioned reflex of either type, but we shall begin with one. To establish a discrimination, subdivide S subscript 0 into two classes on the basis of a selected property or component member. Reference Skinner, B.F. The Rate of Establishment of a Discrimination Journal of General Psychology, 1933, 9, pages 302 to 350. Skinner, B.F. The Generic Nature of the Concepts of Stimulus and Response Journal of General Psychology, 1935-12, pages 40 to 65. End reference. For example, let the lever stimulate either the presence of a light, L, when the stimulus may be written as S subscript A, B, L. Subscripts indicate properties or components. Or in the dark, when the stimulus is S subscript A, B. Continue to reinforce the re-response to one of them, say S subscript ABL, and extinguish or negatively condition the response to the other by breaking the sequence at S subscript 1, or by introducing as S subscript 1 of the negatively conditioning kind. Difference 5. When this has been done, the strength of S subscript ABL reflexes R subscript 0 is greater than the strength of S subscript AB reflexes R subscript 0 and at any value of the underlying drive such that S subscript ABL reflexes R subscript 0 is usually elicited but S subscript AB reflexes R subscript 0 is not there exists the following condition Given an organism in the presence of S subscript AB, ordinarily unresponsive, the presentation of L will be followed by a response. For the sake of comparison, we may set up a paradigm in imitation of two as follows. Diagram. Light is followed by a gamma response, not important. Simultaneously, the lever is followed by pressing. The conditioned reflex represented diagonally shows light being followed by pressing. End diagram. The relation between the light and the response to the lever 
might be called pseudo-conditioned reflex. It has some of the characteristics of type 2. The original response to the light is irrelevant, difference 1. The relation may be wholly absent prior to the conditioning, difference 4. It changes in a positive direction only, difference 5. And the stimulus is usually of the presented kind, difference 7. In all these respects it differs from type 1, although the example is based upon a reflex of that type. In many other respects it differs from both types. A reinforcing reflex is not included in the paradigm, but must be added as a third or fourth reflex. The response is not principally to the light, but to the lever. The light is only a component member of the whole stimulus, and light reflex pressing is not legitimately the expression of a reflex. The lever cannot be removed to show the conditioned effectiveness of the light, as in type 2. Instead, the response to the lever alone must be extinguished, a characteristic that we have not met before. In spite of these differences, it is often said, in similar cases, that the light becomes the conditioned stimulus for the response to the lever, just as it becomes the stimulus for salivation. This is a confusion with type 2, which obviously arises from a neglect of the extinguished reflex. The relation of pressing the lever to the lever itself is ignored, and only the relation to the light taken into account. The lever comes to be treated not as a source of stimulation, but as part of the apparatus, relevant to the response only for mechanical reasons. When the discrimination is based upon a response not requiring an external point of reference, difference 3, the chance of this neglect increases enormously. If we substitute flexion of a leg for pressing of a lever, and continue for the moment with type 1, S subscript 0 in paradigm 1 is not directly observable. We simply wait until a flexion appears, then reinforce. Having established S prime subscript 0 reflex R prime subscript 0 as a conditioned reflex of some strength, we subdivide our inferred S subscript 0 as before, extinguish S subscript AB reflex R subscript 0, and reinforce S subscript ABL reflex R subscript 0. When the discrimination has been set up, we have a condition in which the organism is ordinarily unresponsive, but immediately responds with flexion upon presentation of the light. Our inability to demonstrate S subscript 0 makes it difficult to show the discriminative nature of this relation, but it is by no means impossible to find other grounds, as we may see by comparing it with a true reflex of type 2. Let the presentation of the light be followed by a shock to the foot, until the light alone elicits flexion. The resulting reflex is superficially similar to the relation of light and flexion that we have just examined, but fundamentally the two cases are unlike. Assuming that no immediate difference can in fact be detected, footnote, this is a generous assumption since some evidence for the presence of S subscript 0 can usually be found, a difference in the character of the response might also be shown. In the case of the true reflex, it may be accompanied by changes in breathing rate, for example, which would be lacking in the pseudo-reflex. End footnote. We may still show differences by referring forward or backward to the history of the organism. 
The two relations have been established in different ways, and their continued existence depends upon reinforcement from different stimuli. The discriminative drive relation also varies with an arbitrarily chosen drive, while the conditioned reflex is necessarily attached to the drive to which shock reflex flexion belongs. These differences are chiefly due, however, to the use of a conditioned reflex of type 1 in setting up the discrimination. In a pseudo-conditioned reflex based upon type 2, the distinction is much less sure. Here we are invariably able to neglect the extinguished member because R prime subscript 1 is of the kind not requiring an external point of reference, difference 3, and we can minimize its importance in other ways. Given a conditioned reflex of this kind, diagram, tone is followed by a gamma response, not important. In parallel, food is followed by salivation. The conditioned reflex is represented diagonally. Tone is followed by salivation. End diagram. If we establish a discrimination between the tone and the tone plus a light, reinforcing the response to the latter, we obtain the following condition. An organism in the presence of the tone, ordinarily unresponsive, will respond upon presentation of the light. The only difference between this relation and a true reflex of type 2 is the extinction of the response to the tone, which is evidence that a discrimination has taken place. The reinforcement of tone and light should condition responses to both of these stimuli, but we observe that the organism is unresponsive in the presence of the tone alone. Now, this surviving difference may be reduced at will by reducing the significance of S' prime subscript 0 in the basic reflex of the pseudotype. If we lower the intensity of the tone or choose another stimulus of a less important kind, we may approach as closely as we please to a conditioned reflex of type 2. We cannot actually reach type 2 in this way, but we can easily reach a point at which our pseudo-reflex is identical with any actual experimental example of that type. This is true because some amount of discrimination is practically always involved in cases of type 2. When we put a dog into a stand, present a light and then food, the food reinforces not only the light but the stimulation from the stand. Merely putting the dog into the stand again should elicit salivation according to paradigm 2. In practice this is a disturbing effect which must be eliminated through extinction. So long as it occurs, any actual case of type 2 must be formulated as a pseudo-conditioned reflex. If S subscript G is the stimulation affecting the organism in addition to S subscript 0, then S subscript 0 in paradigm 2 should read S subscript G plus S subscript 0. The effect upon S subscript G is extinguished through lack of reinforcement in the absence of S subscript 0, and the result is a discrimination. An organism in the presence of S subscript G, ordinarily unresponsive, responds when S subscript 0 is added. The importance of this criticism will depend upon the relative magnitudes of S subscript G and S subscript 0. In the optimal experiment, S subscript G may be reduced to a value that is insignificant in comparison with ordinary values of S subscript 0. 
The partially discriminative nature of type 2 is inevitable. It is not important in type 1 because of difference 1. Paradigm 1 contains an implicit specification that S subscript 0 is active or has just acted at the moment of reinforcement since it specifies that S subscript 1 is to be withheld until R subscript 0 has occurred. The reinforced stimulus is really S subscript 0 and not S subscript G plus S subscript 0. It is the lever, in our example, not the whole stimulating field presented by the apparatus. Paradigm 2 contains no specification of the activity of S subscript 0 and the reinforcing action of S prime subscript 1 must be supposed to extend to S subscript G as well as to S subscript 0. In practice, an active state at the moment of reinforcement is usually ensured by presenting S subscript 0 suddenly. Footnote. This is our explanation of difference 7. Another explanation might be added. If S prime subscript 0 is active for any length of time prior to S subscript 1, it will have an extinguishing effect. This cannot be said of type 1. End footnote. This might be included as an additional provision in paradigm 2, but the provision really required is that S subscript 0 and no part of S subscript G be active at the moment of reinforcement. This is not easily arranged. We cannot wholly avoid the generalised action of the reinforcement in type 2 because of the lack of dependence of S prime subscript 1 upon R prime subscript 0. One characteristic of the pseudo-conditioned reflex is the variety of the forms of its stimulus. We have assumed that in our two fundamental paradigms any stimulus had ultimately the dimensions of energy, although we have often used the shorthand device of speaking of the source of energy as, for example, lever. In the pseudotype, however, the stimulus can be a single property. It can be the intensity of the stimulus or some such qualitative aspect as pitch or hue. It can be a change from one value of a property to another or the absence of a property or a duration. The reason why this is possible is that the other properties of the stimulus can be relegated to S subscript G for extinction. If the pitch of a tone is to be a conditioned stimulus, the tone itself must first become one also, and the response to its other properties must be extinguished by extinguishing the response to tones of other pitches. In a true conditioned reflex, this cannot be done. Although it is common to speak of properties as stimuli, reference, Pavlov, IP, Conditioned Reflexes, translated and edited by G. V. Anrep, London, Oxford University Press, 1927. End reference. The presence of a property in the position of a stimulus is a certain indication that a pseudo-conditioned reflex is really in question. A property alone cannot be used in either true type, because it implies extinction. Most of the real stimulus must be relegated to S subscript G, and the requirement that the value of S subscript G be negligible cannot therefore be satisfied. The position of a pseudo-conditioned reflex may be summarised as follows. When the pseudo-reflex is based upon a reflex of type 1, and when R subscript 0 requires external points of reference, there are important practical and theoretical reasons why a separate formulation is demanded. 
When R subscript 0 does not require external points of reference, there are fewer differences, but a separate formulation is still necessary. When the pseudotype is based upon a reflex of type 2, the distinction is weakened, but should still be made, except when S subscript G can be reduced to a very low value relative to S subscript 0. In the last case, a practical distinction is impossible, not because of an identity of types, but because of the failure of type 2 to appear experimentally in a pure form. It is a tempting hypothesis that 2 is not an authentic type, but may be reduced to a discrimination based on type 1, but this has not been shown. We have not reduced the pseudotype to type 2 or vice versa, nor have we come very near it. The present pseudo-reflex, which resembles 2 most closely, requires of that type for its establishment. It is probably more than a coincidence that a discrimination based upon type 1 has so many of the properties of 2, but the reduction to a single type appears from our present evidence to be highly improbable, desirable though it would be, as an immense simplification. The differences that we have noted are not easily disposed of. Still more improbable is a reduction of 1 to 2, since the first step supplied by the pseudotype is then lacking. To the differences we have listed might be added differences in the parts played by the two types in the economy of the organism. The essence of type 2 is the substitution of one stimulus for another or, as Pavlov has put it, signalization. Reference Pavlov, IP, Conditioned Reflexes, translated and edited by G. V. Anrep, London, Oxford University Press, 1927. End reference. It prepares the organism by obtaining the elicitation of a response before the original stimulus has begun to act, and it does this by letting any stimulus that has incidentally accompanied or anticipated the original stimulus act in its stead. In type 1, there is no substitution of stimuli and consequently no signalization. Type 1 acts in another way. The organism selects from a large repertory of unconditioned reflexes those of which the repetition is important with respect to certain elementary functions and discards those of which it is unimportant. The conditioned response of type 1 does not prepare for the reinforcing stimulus. It produces it. The stimulus to be conditioned is never in any sense incidental. Type 1 plays the more important role. When an organism comes accidentally, footnote, that is to say, as the result of weak investigatory reflexes, end footnote, upon a new kind of food which it seizes and eats, both kinds of conditioning presumably occur. When the visible radiation from the food next stimulates the organism, salivation is evoked according to paradigm 2. This secretion remains useless until the food is actually seized and eaten. But seizing and eating will depend upon the same accidental factors as before, unless conditioning of type 1 has also occurred, that is, unless the strength of the reflex, food seizing, has increased. Thus, while a reflex of type 2 prepares the organism, a reflex of type 1 obtains the food for which the preparation is made. And this is in general a fair characterization of the relative importance of the two types. As Pavlov has said, conditioned stimuli are important in providing saliva before food is received, but, quote, even greater is their importance 
when they evoke the motor component of the complex reflex of nutrition, i.e., when they act as stimuli to the reflex of seeking food. End quote. Footnote. This is a doubly interesting statement, because Pavlov has confined his own investigations practically exclusively to conditioned reflexes of the second type. It ought to be said that he usually regards this type as adequate for the whole field. Thus he says that the function of the hemispheres is signalization, although signalization is, as we have seen, a characteristic of type 2 only. Although the reflex of seeking food is an unfortunate expression, it refers clearly enough to behaviour characteristic of type 1. End of two types of conditioned reflex and a pseudotype.